0: Hi friends, welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word wherever you are and take away something to ponder. We live in a loud, busy world, and it can be hard to find the time to really rest in God's Word. So I want to thank you for taking a few moments to ponder the Psalms with me. I'm Betsy Marvin, and this is episode 97. I found this quote from Martin Luther on the Psalms. The human heart is like a ship on a stormy sea driven about by wind blowing from all four corners of heaven. The book of the Psalms is full of heartfelt utterances made during these storms. Where can one find nobler words to express joy than in the psalms of praise or gratitude? Or where can one find more profound and penitent, more sorrowful words in which to express grief than in the psalms of lamentation? I think he says it so well. And today we're focusing on Psalm 91, which is one of the heartfelt, calm psalms that we need when we face the storms that Luther speaks of. If you grew up singing with the Psalter hymnal, you're going to recognize this psalm. In fact, when I read it, you most likely will hear the music behind the words. If you were an Amy Grant fan of the 80s, then the names of God that are in this psalm will stir your memories as well. Many verses within this psalm have been placed on the walls of homes, within beautiful pieces of art, and used in contemporary worship songs today. It's used because of the wonder and emotion that spring from the incredible words used by the psalmist in this song. As a reminder, we're in what is known as Book 4 of Psalms. It's a part of what are called the number psalms, referring to the years in the wilderness for the Israelites, and this set of chapters mark a turning point in the overall larger book. The tone has shifted as we read of praise, joy, trust, and refuge, and it points us to the one who holds us in his hands. So take a deep breath. Take another and open your heart for what God stirs in you as you hear Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Although this psalm is anonymous, I can hear Moses. I can hear references to the plagues and the exodus from Egypt, the covering of the angels during the 10th plague, the smashing of serpents, the overpowering of nature, the protection from evil but we're unsure if it was Moses. I just love the imagery there that refers to that. Well, when we go back to the opening verses in the New Living Translation that I've used, this is what we read. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him. These opening verses give us the foundation for the whole of the song. The author has given us two amazing elements. We see the foundation on which the promises of the rest of this chapter rest, and we're given four unique names of God, which define how he is able to fulfill the promises mentioned. So within these first verses, I want to take a look at the names of God. So in verse one, it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Most High here is the Hebrew word Yon, which is the first name of God used in Genesis 14 as a descriptor for the priest Melchizedek in his encounter with Abraham. He's called the priest of the God Most High, which is the first time we hear of this. And so, well, it does mean Most High, Al-yon means something broader and bigger than what we might imagine. It's majesty and sovereignty. It's supreme ruler elevated above everything. Then as verse 1 continues, we read, rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Now the Almighty is a word Shaddai, or you may have heard it as El Shaddai. This is one that you might have heard of in songs, and it speaks to the power of God, who is strong beyond what we can comprehend. He is mighty, yes, and he is able to protect and supply all of our needs. He is the God of creation that split the Red Sea for his people and separated land and sea and creation. He's the one that brought Noah from the flood and repopulated the land. As we continue into verse two, the author said, I declare about the Lord, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. Now the word Lord here is the word Jehovah in Hebrew. And this is an intimate name of God. And God gives this to Moses at the burning bush in Exodus six. It is so intimate that when it is written in the Jewish tradition, it only contains the letters Y-H-W-H or J-H-V-H in the Latin. It's been translated as Yahweh, Jehovah, and even as Lord in all capital letters in our Bible. Jehovah means the existing one, divine, holy, yet also refers to an intimate element of friendship as he knows and sees our hearts. He knows the number of hair on your head, And he seeks to be in relationship, all the refuge and safety implied within this word Jehovah. And then finally, the author writes, he is my God, and I will trust him. He is my Elohim. That's the word used here, and it comes straight from Genesis 1. Now in Greek, the word is translated theos, which is our root word for theology. It is creator, ruler, and interestingly, it's plural, giving us a reference to the Trinity. Okay, that alone in those two verses is so rich. Elion, Shaddai, Jehovah, Elohim. And when we use these words, we see the deeper meaning of Psalm 91. The amazing promises given in this chapter of protection and safety, rest and care, well, they're based in these names of God. When we look at the words, those who live in the shelter of the Yon, we see the protection. Like in verses three and four, where it says he rescues and protects and covers and shelters. These are our armor. We don't have to be afraid. We live under his protection. Verse nine tells us that if we make him our shelter, no evil will conquer us. No plague will come near, which again, a reference to the Exodus here and that he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Then it moves into resting in the shadow of the Shaddai, the mighty and powerful, able to supply everything we need. So, of course, we can rest in him. One translation says it this way, his huge, outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm. So he's got you. You don't have to fear anything. For the Israelites in the wilderness, we see references to wolves and lions. In fact, in verse 13, the original word for serpents was dragons, which I find fascinating. But for us, this reference reminds us that God is in control. He is the one that we can really rest in, and He offers protection for our hearts in this world of evil that we live in. And under Him, our hearts are safe. And next, when we declare about Jehovah that He is our refuge and place of safety, we're speaking into a relationship of God with us, a deep personal level of God's care, which is seen for us today in Jesus. In a different translation, it says he ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. With his power within us, the all-powerful Jehovah protects us and empowers us. He forgives us and cleanses us and gifts us. And in that... We are safe. And finally, he is my Elohim, and I will trust him. Trust is a hard one in this, not for God, but for us. Because of our world, it's hard to see him sometimes as trustworthy, and it gets complicated. But the author here is proclaiming that he trusts in the God that created the whole of the world, the one that was first, the one that will be last, the triune God. In the message, it says, if you'll hold on to me for dear life, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. Okay, that's just two verses. Isn't it so rich in meaning? The beauty of our multifaceted God and the ways in which we're called to live into and trust him all connected together. His ways are higher than ours, but at the same time, he desires a relationship with you and with me. He is unfathomable, eternal, and yet so very close. In his shadow, we rest. In his shelter, we are safe. In his strength, we can trust. And because of all this, because of who he is, he gives us eight reasons we don't have to fear. In Psalm 91, we see that God says, I will rescue you. And it's spoken over and over. He says, I will protect. I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver and honor you. I will give a long life speaking toward eternal life with abundance in him. And it ends with, I will show my salvation, pointing toward Jesus to come. Oh, there's great blessing when we seek after God and choose to walk in his ways. And it is not easy, but he puts it right here for us. So here are a few questions to ponder as you go into your next week. Where do you find yourself dwelling? Worry, anxiety, hope, doubt, or do you rest in Him? Do you rest? And how's your trust? Big questions from a small chapter in the middle of the Bible. When I taught middle school years ago, we would sing Psalm 91 as a song over our graduating eighth graders at the end of the year. The teachers would surround the students in our school basement turned chapel, and we would raise our hands over them in blessing as we sang. It is a holy memory, and I hold it close. As a youth pastor, I would sing over my ladies at night on a mission trip or at a retreat to usher in rest and quiet their minds for sleep. Ah, oh, another holy, sweet memory for me. You know, there's something about being sung over the blessing and peace of it, whether you're preparing for your day, launching into something new, or winding down at the end of your day. Music speaks to our souls in ways that is way beyond my understanding. But all of these songs in scripture have a way of connecting to our hearts, don't they? Now, I'm, I'm not going to sing it, but as we close with the words from Psalm 91 from the Passion Translation, I encourage you to just take it in. Take it in as worship, as prayer. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness, Our shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here's what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. You are loved. Amen.